And so it was that our late beloved Scully saved the Swan Princess. Questions? So, this animal could walk and talk to humans? Why, of course. In our kingdom, animals walk and talk all the time. <laughs> Everyone good? Okay. Yeah, Why not? sure. To the Swan Swan Princess Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, perfect, <laughs> amazing, perfect. This is perfect. what we are uh, now. Yeah. No, this is <laughs> uh, this is the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. Uh, this is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. But yes, it is it is very Swan Princess heavy in the last few weeks, as we are uh, we are moving towards our goal of watching Swan Princess Den at Christmas when yeah. Bree's going to be in town. Yeah, so we gotta get gotta get Bree caught up on the lore. Yeah, gotta get gotta get all all the prequels to to the much anticipated uh, true movie of Swan Princess Ten out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, the, the <laughs> pinnacle of the series. I Yeah, so we it's this isn't a very fitting episode for our first movie in October, but if if anything, it, you can kind of think of the Swan Princess series as a zombie series cuz it just won't die. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say because Odette dies in that first one because she dies and then comes back. Oh, that's true too. And Derek died so she as is well. Kind of a zombie. Yeah, all both of them are technically kind of zombies. Yeah. And Scully's a hmm. ghost. Okay. Yeah. This. Maybe yeah. And there's it's there's kind of... ghosts and zombies and everything going on here. Yeah. Okay. No, it is. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. secretly yeah. a Halloween series. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, We've tied it all together. Yes, but yes, we are taking a look at Swan Princess Nine today. Swan Princess Nine, the Kingdom of Music. Yeah. That? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> do you, do you have do you have any general thoughts on this one before we head into any of like the major discussion? I mean, it was very. They made some choices. They made some choices to move the series along. They mm -hmm. did. They did some interesting things. Uh, they have a big time jump. Yes. Yeah. And that was that was kind of great. I kind of in, I rather enjoyed that, honestly. Yeah. This was. Um, yeah. So we might as well just to mention there is a significant time jump between this and the last movie, and so characters like Elise and Lucas are now several years older. Um, and I don't know. It's an interesting choice for the series to make. I do have some thoughts on it that I'll have to share oh. in the discussion. Uh huh. Um. But yeah, I don't know. This this movie 
I I almost kind of like it because I feel like there's a ever so slight tone shift with this one, at least compared to some of the last movies. I do feel like this one is maybe ever so slightly more mature. It is. You know what? I agree. It's a little more mature. It's a little, it's, I mean, it's a still a fucking Swan Princess movie, but it still, it feels a little more grounded. Yeah. Which is interesting. And like, yeah. while I usually, while I usually am going into the Swan Princess films being like, all right, I'm in, I'm here. I'm, I'm in for a buck wild time. Let's see what the fuck's going on. I, you know, this one was less of that. It was less buck wild, but it was like good. It was good. It was yeah. a good little film. I enjoyed it. It's it's probably because there isn't really a villain in this story. Yeah. Yeah, I got like halfway through and I'm like there's really not like an antagonist here. No, it, it's it's sort of yeah. It's just, they just decide that they wanted to do, like, kind of a, a character thing between Elise Lucas and a character who we will be introduced to in the summary. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there's, I that probably helps it quite a bit, because when you think of the villains from the last few movies, like, mm. mm-hmm. I don't they were always, like, they just had, like, oh, silliness to them, or just the way they were handled was just silly you yeah. know like even like a more serious villain like some of the bullshit they got up to was just <laughs> it was so so laughable that you couldn't really take them seriously yeah yeah no like there's no real villain in this film and that's you know it i think it was to its advantage mm-hmm it does i i'm so i'm so glad that we are at this point where we are finally ready for Swan Princess 10 because I I have been so curious what where the fuck I'm like so, what where does I am Christy I am so excited to do a first watch through with you for one of these films yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait Oh god do you have your holidays booked Oh, no, I don't. I should probably do that. You need to Whoops. book them right now. Book, book <laughs> them now. Because I swear to God, this is so... I, if I have to take a short trip and can't make it to a movie night, yeah. you might combust. I might. Or, or you know what? Here's the thing, too, is that I... So our friend Steve, who Steve is a key piece of our ability to watch Swan Princess 10... Because this is the only way that I've been able to convince this fucker to actually watch one of these movies. Is if I wait to watch Swan Princess 10 until he's there. And infamously, all of the previous years that we've tried to do a get-together at Christmas, the one day that we're all available to do a movie night, Steve never is. He we have always... to lock in his schedule as yeah. soon as possible. Yeah, he always blames his mom and like, oh, that, my mom decided to do Christmas that day. Like, and I, I don't <laughs> know if I believe him. Yeah, no, not not to doubt Steve's mom, just to doubt Steve. Oh, I doubt, I doubt. 
I don't know. It's Steve is also just the type of person that if I found out that he like, would just like sprang up fully formed from the sea as as like a <laughs> fully grown man, like I I wouldn't doubt it. Like it's just. <laughs> Steve was never a child. Yeah. He's, like, told me stories of his childhood, but they're, I don't know, it, they all seem, like, too perfect. It's like <laughs> something, like, something's not right. Like, like he just made up a, a story for his whole life. It just tells that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. It just, it's, they're, they're just too perfect, like, perfectly written. Like, out of a sitcom. <laughs> He's, oh. Yeah. Yeah, so you gotta Man. you gotta get that get a date picked because we are watching this fucking movie. I'm not waiting another fucking year. No. Yeah, no. Of course not. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. God. I'll let you know. As oh. soon as I know. Thank you. Do it. Do it now. <sighs> but <laughs> Oh, do we do we want to get into the summary for this one? I mean, yeah, take us away, Christy. All right, I'm excited. Let's get right into the summary of Swan Princess 9: Kingdom of Music. The film opens in the Cathay Empire, a land far from Uberta's kingdom. Cathay is ruled by an emperor, who is in the middle of discussing with his son, Prince Lee, how tomorrow Lee will set sail for Uberta's kingdom to compete in the greatest music competition in the world. Let no dalliance, no personal venture come between you and victory. I give you my promise, father. If only your sister shared your wisdom. One would think twins would be more alike in this way. Father, is it not possible that- I know your feelings are tender for her, Lee. That's as it should be. But things cannot be changed. But- Say no more. The Emperor instructs Prince Lee to deliver a gift to Odette, the Swan Princess. Lee's twin sister, Princess Mei Lee, has been eavesdropping on the conversation. Upon hearing mention of the Swan Princess, she runs off to find her lover, Chen. Chen, a commoner, has been cursed by the Emperor's sorceress as punishment for falling in love with Princess Mei Li. Chen is stuck in the form of a flying dragon, only taking human form in a brief period around sunset. Mei Li happily tells Chen about the Swan Princess, and the two hope that Odette, having successfully broken a similar curse in her original movie, may be able to help break the spell over Chen. Prince Lee's boat departs for Uberta's kingdom, with Mei Li stowing away in the hold and Chen following closely behind. Across the sea in Uberta's kingdom, we are reintroduced to Elise and Lucas, and we see that a great deal of time has passed between this and the last film. Elise and Lucas are now in their mid-teens, and are obviously smitten with each other. You finally came back! Well, I... I couldn't miss your coming of age, Ball. Wow, you've grown up. You too. This year's music competition coincides with Elise's coming-of-age party, and Elise flirtily tells Lucas that she's putting him on her dance card. While Elise and Lucas are goofing around, Prince Lee's boat arrives. 
As she is part of the welcome committee, Elise has to rush off to meet Prince Lee's boat at the docks. Because she is unprepared, Elise ends up unintentionally antagonizing Lee, starting the two off on the wrong foot. They continue to clash over the course of the day and into the evening, which is the first night of the music competition. This culminates in a mishap where Elise accidentally announces to the entire kingdom that she hopes Prince Lee doesn't win. I'd really be okay if Fumbalani won. I said anyone but Prince Lee! Prince Lee is obviously insulted, and Uberta demands that Elise make amends with him the next day. While that is going on, Maylee sneaks off Lee's boat and stealthily makes her way inside Uberta's castle. There she manages to meet with Odette and Derek, to whom she explains her and Chen's plight. Derek and Odette agree to help, and also agree to keep Maylee's presence at the castle a secret from her brother. The following day, Elise meets with Prince Lee so she can apologize, and the two end up bonding over a mutual interest in harp playing. One duet later, and things are much better between them, to the point that Lucas now begins feeling threatened by the growing affection between Lee and Elise. His fear is seemingly justified, as over the course of the next few days, it becomes clear that Lee and Elise are falling in love. Lucas ends up confessing his fear of losing Elise to Lord Rogers, who claims that all Lucas needs to do is wow Elise with a romantic dance at her coming-of-age ball. Lucas remains unconvinced that dance would help, and instead petulantly follows Lee and Elise around, going so far as to use a pea shooter to prevent the two from kissing. Lucas drops the pea shooter while fleeing the scene, which Elise finds. Elise confronts Lucas, telling him that she's sorry, but she has feelings for Lee. How can you choose him? I don't understand. Neither do I. It just happened. But I thought we... I'm sorry, Lucas. I knew I was crazy to think that we could end up together. Meanwhile, Derek and Odette try to work with Maylee and Chen to break their spell. They enlist the help of Scully, who decides the best thing to do is take a look at the original spell. Cut to Scully in the sorceress's lair, where after some shenanigans, he's able to lay eyes on her spell. Scully returns and reveals that Chen's spell will only break if the Emperor's child surrenders true love. Meili attempts to surrender her love for Chen, but it fails. Why do I surrender? Why is it in working? Because you can't. Your head may want to, but your heart can't let go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chen. I'm sorry. If you cannot set me free, then I will set you free. And if you love me, truly love me, you will find another. No. No. Chen flies off, leaving behind a tearful Mei Li. At this point, it is the last night of the music festival, and Prince Li gives his performance. He astounds everyone with his song, leading him to win the competition and the right to sing at Elise's coming-of-age ball. This pushes Lucas to finally take up Lord Rogers' offer for dance lessons. These dance lessons are witnessed by Prince Lee, who overhears Lucas saying he is trying to win Elise back. Shortly thereafter, Elise shows Lee Lord Rogers' secret spy lair, and she tells him all about her and Lucas' adventures as children. As Elise talks on and on about Lucas's virtues, Prince Lee senses that Elise still has a lot of affection for Lucas, and this seems to weigh heavily on him. 
Elisa's ball begins, and Lucas arrives only to discover that, thanks to Uberta, he's been stricken off Elisa's dance card in favor of Prince Lee. Prince Lee notices Lucas mournfully walking away, and he interrupts to request that, while he sings, that his friend Lucas dances with Princess Elise. Lucas and Elise begin to dance, and as Lee sings, the lyrics of his song tell us that he is giving up his love for Elise, believing that she is truly in love with Lucas. I give my heart, I give my life, so take my heart, take my goodbye, I close my eyes and let you fly, take my While this is going on, we see that the spell on Chen begins to weaken, prompting Chen to return to Uberta's castle where Meili is waiting. Because Li, also a child of the Emperor, has surrendered his love for Elise, he unintentionally broke the spell on Chen. Meili and Chen are happily reunited, and Elise and Lucas appear to fall back in love with each other. The next day, Elise speaks with Prince Li, thanking him and telling him how she'll never forget him. Prince Li tells her that neither will he, and the two part on bittersweet terms. The film ends with Elise walking off with Lucas, and the words, to be continued, emblazoned on the screen. <laughs> the end! So you can, you can imagine when those, like, to be continued <laughs> words came on the fucking screen. Oh. How excited I was for the follow-up film. And and here it is. It's been two and a half fucking years later, and I still have not been able to watch it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it just sort of leaves off. Yeah, because the whole... So, okay. Prior to the making the arrangement with Steve, I did see the trailer for the next film. So I have a general gist of what... It is going to entail. Okay. Um, I don't know how much I should share with you, Brie, but I will point out that, um, I mean, the whole business with the sorceress and and the emperor that was all unresolved. Yeah. And so that was that was like there was a hint of some kind of thing going on there. Um, because she's like she's a character that has a model and has her own secret little lair and has some stuff, and the emperor was like. You must break this spell on my daughter. And she's like, I cannot. And it's all very mysterious. But that's never sort of doesn't go anywhere in this film. So I'm assuming that perhaps one Princess Ten may have something to do with that. Yes, I believe so. Um, I mean, and you can see if you remember, like you talked about this the last time we um, talked about the Swan Princess, but... I showed you the DVD when you were at my house because I don't know why. I just, I like to show people <laughs> the, the DVDs. Just, I was literally handing the DVDs to people and Steve even commented, why are you handing this to me? <laughs> because I want you to hold it, Steve. That's I want you to see you, Steve. See your fate, Steve. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, you showed it to me. And it, it, 
it looks like it's and I'm looking at it again now because I'm I'm just gonna look at it. It looks like it's Mei Li and Chen's wedding, and there's the sorceress yeah. in the background there. So that's gotta be the next yeah. part of the story. Yeah. Well, it, and um, it's funny because in Swan Princess, oh my god, I I always fuck up the numbering. In Swan Princess Seven, where we first meet Antonio. Yes. Um, we saw we saw glimpses of Borromeo, and it wasn't until the you, the next film that we really saw even more of the city. But obviously, they they had this idea. Okay, we need to make this new city and all of these assets. But don't worry, we're going to keep using them in future movies. Yeah. So they they <laughs> kind of did something. They did something similar for this one, where we see, like, a fair amount of the Cafe Empire, and once we leave, we never really see the, that city again, yeah. but obviously... But obviously they've probably made going to... it. Like, they, they have yeah. created that those assets, so they, they're gonna use them again. Yeah. Also, I am so bamboozled by the geography of the Swan Princess universe... Yeah, yeah. Because there's all these kingdoms, all these small kingdoms that are clearly like, this is, Cathay is fantasy China. And yeah, there's like, there's the four other contestants for the um, music contest are from clearly like fantasy Russia. <laughs> fantasy, yeah, fant- you know. India, fantasy yeah. Africa, fantasy it yeah but but then they also talk about like going and swimming the english channel so i'm like wait <laughs> yeah hold on Do you... yeah it's where <laughs> where yeah where is uberta's kingdom i forget if uberta's kingdom has a name i feel like i feel like it does like chomberg or something weird oh that sounds right Something like that. And I, I mostly remember it just because I get the Swan Princess newsletter. And I think it's called, Fuck like... Fuck yeah. Oh, Christy. <laughs> Hell uh, yes, you do. Of course you do. I do. That Swan Princess <laughs> newsletter fucking sucks, by the way. Because it's only ever, like... <laughs> it, it's only ever Odette trying to peddle her fucking cheap-ass wares to you. <laughs> Look, she's got to find ways to make money for the orphans somehow. I guess so. But she emails me every, every like major American <laughs> holiday. I get an email from Princess Odette. And oh it just, God. you know, like the current one is she's telling me to have a swantastic September. <laughs> Click here for some Good. new recipes, including oh. Puffin's Paninis. Puffins paninis. Yeah, I, I guess he's good. Sounds good. He's Yeah. And then yeah, he just wants me. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. Oh fuck. It's, it's John Bob's birthday in September. If you wanted to know his fucking birthday month. I d- I don't Bob. I don't want to know. He is he is the worst part of every film he's in. Yes, yes. Okay, let's let's get into this. So we kind of mentioned, okay. yeah, there are contest. So this music festival, it's, it's American apparent- Idol. 
It's, yeah, it's American Idol. It's apparently a yearly thing. Odette says it's a yearly thing in the kingdom, even though this is the first we've ever fucking heard of it. And it seems to be just an American Idol type thing where people, I guess, first off, compete to appear at the festival. And then over the course of five nights, the five contestants have the last act of the night is their song. And then at the end of the festival, somebody is elected, like, the the biggest winner out of all the finalists. Yep. But it's, it's Shrug, just this, I guess. I guess. But it's, it's ridiculous because it's... Okay, so first off, apparently... <laughs> apparently they're just, like, they're flat out ignoring the medieval setting of this movie. Because the acts presented in this music festival would require so much careful, carefully choreographed lighting and and automated sets and acoustics and shit. Christy. And they, it's, it's just unreasonable. Christy, this <laughs> is a thing you take an umbrage with with the Swan Princess yes! films? Yes, because it's just, it's too much. It's too much. There's, it's like the type of, I'm going to have to put clips on this up on the Twitter because the type of shit that they're showing you, these people are doing, it's just, it wouldn't, it, 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 it's just so much. But you know, you remember that one time Lord Rogers and Uberta used lightsabers to fight? Yeah, but it's, that was like, I don't know what that was meant to be, but it, I don't know if that was meant to be an actual thing they were doing, but in this, it's just, I don't understand how, like, there's no explanation for this. No. You know, and and we talked about this the last time, if you just fucking had somebody who knew magic, all you had to do would just be like, oh, hey, yep. so-and-so that knows magic, why don't you cast a spell and this will be the biggest, bestest music thing we've ever done. And then it, I wouldn't care so much. But I, <laughs> but I they do. They really... The fact that they have magic and acknowledge that there's magic, but then consistently forget that there's magic in this setting and that they yeah. could use that in, in ways to make the storytelling easier is bizarre. Is yeah. very strange. So frustrating. <laughs> Only the villains are allowed to use magic. Apparently. I don't... I don't get it. God. Just have a good sorceress or two. Yes, seriously. Again, give... Make Bridget a a full witch. She has nothing to do in the fucking series. Or just write her out like Bromley. Send her her to wherever Bromley went. (laughs) God. Yeah, did you did you catch the Bromley uh, Easter egg? There's a Bromley Easter egg. He so no. he's uh he's on Elise's dance card. You see a brief shot of her dance oh, shit, card. Really? Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's um. Oh god! I got <laughs> you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I got so shocked. I dropped my phone. Oh god! Oh god! He's yeah. <laughs> the exist the continued existence of Bromley. Yes, we have not seen this fucker since it wasn't, he was, 
He was in um, Swan Princess 5 ever so briefly. You just see him as they're singing to Elise after she starts living with Derek and Odette. And that's the last fucking time we've seen him. Where did he go? What happened I to don't, him? I, yeah. I mean, but, uh, I, I don't miss him. He wasn't no. a, a character that I gave a shit about. But where did he go? <sighs> He's been exiled. But yeah, Good. the other um, the other people on Elise's dance card are... So, of course, there's Derek. Um, there's Lucas slash Prince Lee. Um, Bromley, Chamberlain. Prince Jared, who is a reference to one of the producers. Archduke Rich, who's, of course, a reference to Richard Rich, the director. Richard Rich. Uh, Richard Rich. Uh, Lord Rogers. Uh, King Selden, who's the executive producer. Oh, my God. Um, and then Humbalani and Samar, who are two of the uh, contestants of the the music festival. Right. Honestly, she, she should also be uh, dancing with the two ladies as well, because that would be... They seem yeah. like they'd be incredible dancers, but, you know, can't expect too much maybe, from Princess Swan. Maybe that's why she, she doesn't want to be shown up. Fair. <laughs> but, uh, yes, to get back to the music festival, it's... Right. Uh, Uberta, Lord Rogers, and Jean-Bob are presented Ugh. as the judges of the festival. And Jean-Bob, Jean-Bob being the a- attention-seeking little shit that he is, decides that he is going to be the Simon Cowell of the judge trio. And so he spends the entire Ugh. film... Just being, just in a mean, annoying little asshole. He he takes his level of like, oh God, John Bob sucks and just dials it to 11. Yeah. It's bad. Because now he's trying to be deliberately antagonistic. Before, it's just how he was. Unintentionally a shit. But now it's, it's, (laughs) he's full on. I don't know why. He thinks it's going to make him like popular or something. He's like, this is how you get ratings. It's like, you're not... This isn't a joke (laughs) that makes sense in context of the film you're in. You are not on... There's no television. What are you talking about? Yeah. I get that it's a joke to wink wink at the people in the audience, the parents who are watching and are being forced to watch Swan Princess, but like... No. It's not funny. It doesn't make any sense. And it, like, everybody hates it. That's the only saving grace of this, is that everyone in the fucking kingdom hates John Bob. They're, like, literally, they're, like, throwing shit at him. And, like, Uberta... Tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah. Uberta, at one point, she, like, draws, like, a, a, a picture of him dead and holds it up to the crowd and everybody cheers. It's yeah, like, it's fucking great, <laughs> and yet for some reason, this little shit keeps doing it. He he even he lies to Ugh. one of the contestants because he just wants to start drama, and so he lies to Anya and says that Lord Rogers thinks that her dress is ugly. So after she performs and she's being judged, she ends up she she calls Lord Rogers out for for this comment that he never made in the first place. I do have one little tiny, tiny suggestion. Yes, I know. You tell someone my dress looked like potato sack. 
What? I, I... But this dress is made by my mother. And I think it's beautiful. <laughs> Who loves her dress? Just so Jean-Bob can stand up and be like, who who thinks that her dress is beautiful so that the crowd can cheer for her and he can be the good guy? And you're like, this sucks. Yeah. This but sucks, then, actually. But then it's not even consistent because you would think, okay, he's realized that the bad guy thing isn't going to get him views, so he's changing his tactics. Except the next night he goes back to being a little fucking shit. Yeah. So it's just, it's yeah, just it's, bullshit. It's just bullshit. Shut I, I hate him. I hate that the producers love him and he keeps being in these fucking movies. Ugh. Ugh. Like, Speed is the best out of Odette's friends and we barely see him in this film. It's because he he's the best because he barely talks and is just <laughs> there to, like, be in the background. Yeah, it's just when they meet a turtle. Which is very rare. Even Puffin isn't that bad. He's got his moments, but he's just sort of like... He's just chilling most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they have figured out, with Puffin at least, because he's always kind of had, like, this military air about him. He he fit in very well with the Scullions, and he's kind of, like, the... Yeah. I guess the head of security at, at Hubert's castle now. I guess? The one... The, the joke that they made near the beginning that was very funny that I very much appreciated was like, so they're giving Lord Rogers is giving a tour to the, to the four contestants who aren't princely. Um, mm. And he's showing them around and he like takes them to the like s- memorial statue of Scully. And they're like, <laughs> so the animals could walk around on two legs and talk. What? And he's like, oh yeah, no, that's just, uh, animals here do that. They walk yeah. and talk all the time. And <laughs> the contestants are like, oh, okay. So it's like, no, this is really, this really is just a thing that happens in this one kingdom. Yeah. Nowhere else are people, are like animals walking and talking. Yeah. which it's ex- just here. Which explains why... Uh, number nine in the last two movies, he's never shown talking to King Sebastian. He only ever talks. Yeah, I don't think King I... Sebastian knows he can talk. No, and I guess he's just like, I don't know, staying mum because he knows that's not a thing outside of Hubert's kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think that'd be like a bigger and more well-known deal. Yeah. It's like that's the one kingdom where you can just chat with a with a fucking frog if you feel like it, I guess. Yeah, everyone acts like the, like like Odette is the main point of interest in Hubert's kingdom. They always talk about the swan princess, but no one ever talks about all the fucking talking animals. <laughs> God. Oh man. I, I will yeah. say I, I did deeply appreciate that bit at the beginning where they're like, what the fuck do you mean this squirrel saved your kingdom? And it's like, oh, uh, yeah, that's just a, th- that's, that's normal. That's a normal thing. What do you mean that's not a normal thing? And the, co- the contestants are like, uh. It definitely was a missed opportunity to also not follow that up with Scully reappearing as a ghost. And then Lord Rogers as a having ghost? <laughs> to explain, oh, also he's a ghost now. 
<laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, it was very good. So good. Yeah, I did really like that one. <laughs> oh, God. What What do you think of the, the whole Meili and Chen subplot? I mean, it was fine. Yeah. It was... I, I, you know, it was, I didn't have strong feelings one way or another. It's sort of a very, like, classic, like, you've seen that before where it's like a, a, a royalty falls in love with a commoner and it's the love is not meant to be. And then it's interesting that they were like, they're just going to curse the, the, the dude. Fuck yeah. that. No, well, you she don't... won't break up when making him a dragon. Yeah. You Why don't... they made, chose to curse him to be a dragon. Yeah, like, why, like, especially because they note that he's also fire-breathing. We never see it in the film. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm gonna curse your boyfriend to be the coolest creature possible. Yeah, like, alright, sweet. Ex <laughs> Except, I audibly went, uh, when I first <laughs> saw the dragon's face, because yeah. it's really not good. Yeah. It's, the face of the dragon mo uh, model is not, um... I do not care for it. <laughs> yeah, maybe could have used a bit more work in the pre-production stage. Yeah, I did not enjoy that one. Um, yeah. A lot of the, to, to tangent off of that, a lot of the new models and stuff like that in this one, I feel like there was a, like a graphical upgrade yeah. compared to the previous films. Like a lot of the new models... The character designs, the hair, like the cloth, everything looks quite nice in this film. It yeah. feels like everything got an upgrade. I I agree. I, I meant to go and try and see if it was also Derek and Odette. Like if if obviously Lucas and Elise got new models. Um but I was trying to Yeah. Like I, I don't know if oh, the rest of the cast also got upgrades along the way. But it does like it. I don't I, I, know if they did, but especially I, I, Derek. I feel like Derek still looks a little weird. Yeah, yeah. I I feel right. like Odette might have gotten some refinements at some point because I remember her looking, or, or maybe even just like her animation, her facial animations a bit yeah. better now. Yeah, yeah I it's, agree. It's definitely like the series. Has has definitely gotten better visually, and they're even doing more with the lighting as well, which is nice. Yeah, and like, it's it, I was just you know impressed. It's mm. looking really nice. Even Uberta's head no longer deforms when they do overlap <laughs> on her hair. Yeah, when her hair moves around, uh, the rest of her skull is not also bouncing around. I kind of miss that, to be honest. <laughs> Old jiggle head. <laughs> Oh. I I kind of yeah, wonder no. if that's part of why we haven't seen Bromley. It maybe that they were like, oh, like we don't want to have to update his his old model. Fuck it, he's just gonna. <laughs> we don't need. Do we really want to spend the time and money? Yeah, making a new Bromley, De making Derek shitty friend. That we don't have any room for in these plots, so we're not even gonna write him in. Which, I, you know, it'd be amazing if he shows up in the next movie all this time. His grand God. return. 
No. <laughs> God. He, he's on vacation in Cathay. Yeah. It turns out all, all this time he was actually, like, the royal emissary or some shit for Uberta's kingdom. Oh, God. God. Because they never really explained, like, what like what's Bromley doing other than just being Derek's friend. Yeah. I don't think it matters. Maybe he's Derek's whipping boy. He's Derek's what? His whipping boy. Uh, <laughs> Do you oh, know no. what? <laughs> you know what a whipping boy is, right? No? Uh, a whipping boy. I don't remember if this was, like, an, an actual thing or if this is just, like, a, a made-up thing. Apocryphal, kind of. Yeah, but a, a whipping boy was allegedly... Um, a boy who would be punished instead of the prince because you can't punish royalty. <laughs> so you, oh Jesus! You give the the <laughs> idea be that you give the prince a friend and then hope that he feels bad if the friend gets punished for his his transgressions. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so yeah, maybe that was probably. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> God. God. Except it backfired because the, he, no one feels bad when Bromley gets, <laughs> gets in trouble. Oh, no. I wouldn't. God. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. What What do you think about Prince Lee? Prince Lee is a cool dude. He's a really cool, nice man. He's a good kid. Yeah. I like Prince Lee a lot. He like is him. cool as hell and a, a, a real fucking homie. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. He, he's, <laughs> he's a real fucking homie. What else can you say? <laughs> <laughs> I just. He's like. He, the, he, Prince Lee does literally no, nothing wrong in this whole film. Like, he's just a good dude. Like, he's yeah. a little, like, stuck up at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then it's, like, for a, for a decent reason, because, you know. Yeah, he, he and Elise get set off on the wrong foot because when she shows up to meet him at the docks, she's supposed to bring him a gift and... Instead, she and Lucas were dicking around, uh, playing in bull rushes. <laughs> and so she's covered in pollen. She happens to have one of the bull rushes still in her hand. So she, instead of giving him the actual gift, she gives him the bull rush. And then he Is sniffs it. it... Hmm? Is it a bull rush? Are bull rushes and cattails the same thing? Oh, am I fucking it up? I don't know. I think they uh... might be the same thing. Bulra, oh my god, gotta Google this. <laughs> live, live. Oh, they might be. I, I, if I Google bulrushes and cattails, like very similar things come up. Oh, it up. is. Yeah, it's bulrush, another term for cattail. They're the there same go. thing. Well, we've all learned something today. Yeah, <laughs> that might be my my Catholic school coming up because I see for the Wikipedia article on bulrushes is that Moses was found in the bulrushes. Oh. <laughs> oh no! Well, Catholic school continues to haunt me. But but yeah, so it's but yeah, based... she she gives him a cattail slash bull rush, and yeah. then it explodes its its little seeds. 
all yeah. over the place. It makes a fool of him, and he's not happy, and even, even like, some of the stuff, like, that Elise considers rude, because um, they go and they're given a tour of the castle, and... Lee tags along, but at one point he wants to dip out because he wants to go practice. And Elise gets all high and mighty about, like, well, everybody else is enjoying the tour. And it, they're, they're yeah. ju- just kind of jerks to each other. But yeah, it's never like, it's always just like, he just does his own thing. He doesn't mean any ill by it. Yeah. It's, it's. So okay. it's, despite their, their sort of differences at the beginning, excuse me he's just like he's just a good dude yeah in general and when he's like plus his song fucking rules um (laughs) the song was really good yeah Uh, actually most most of the songs are actually pretty good (laughs) yeah it um but yeah it go ahead oh no the I, I will say that the songs do get a little ridiculous when you see the visuals paired along with them, because again, it's oh like... Oh god, yeah. So, Swan Princess does not have any chill. Not at all. Um, mm. But, like, and he, like, he realizes that she still loves Lucas, and he still loves her, and instead of being any kind of, like, weird asshole about it he's just like no they deserve to be together yeah or at least he like he... i'm not going to get i'm gonna help them mm-hmm. even though it hurts because i do care for her yeah i do i i'm not super sure what to think about that scene specifically because i do get what they're going for because i think it is as you said like he recognizes they are still in love with each other and yeah in spite of his love for Elise he wants her to be happy but I also like I don't know like I just wish that he talked to Elise and and asked her yeah who, who, because that would have been good he kind of just I don't know it's one of those films where you have to trust that his judgment is correct and that it is how he is seeing it because I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Lucas and Elise, their love trajectory in this film is a little over all over the place. <clears throat> when, yeah. When they first start off, they're very into each other. They're, they're very good in this movie at given like the lovey dovey eyes. So there's yeah. very clear interest between Lucas and Elise. And then once uh, Elise and Lee start to bond. Then she starts giving him the lovey-dovey eyes. And I don't know. It just seems like they try. And after that point, when Elise is talking about Lucas to Lee, I just I just don't know if I really buy that that's her like still being in love with him because it's all just her talking about how like I don't know, their adventures as a kid and, like, the one time that he he defended her and and his leg got broken as a result. And it seems like she still admires Lucas, but does that mean that she loves him? Yeah, I think it's... Maybe he thought because, um, 
because when he overhears Lucas talking to Roger, I think he says he will get, he wants to get her back. So he maybe assumes Ooh. that he's like, oh, I've gotten in the middle of something. Like, they're, they were together and then I came along and have f- fucked this up. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I Yeah, that maybe. would... I, I like that idea. It's it it's funny because Prince Lee's emotional state and his thinking, um, and this I think this is part of why I feel like this film has a bit of a more mature tone to it, because they convey a lot of Prince Lee's internal struggle just by his emotions and just by giving him yeah. these glances. Because like it, I just feel like in in other entrance to this series and the movies that are more <laughs> more kid friendly we would probably have scenes of him really spelling things out for the audience yeah um, like he has his like he has his attendant that he's very close with and we would probably have scenes of him being like oh i just found out that elise and lucas were once in love and and like it would be you know him really regurgitating it for all the little children to understand um but yeah, instead it's it's just a lot of him like looking and and thinking and yeah. It is it's nice, but it does mean that we don't we have to guess about some of his motivations. Yeah. I I do like they have this whole I... thing with a broken tulip. Um Oh yeah. Which, which is that's also that's also one of my favorite scenes because they um, so Lucas, Lucas and his family are tulip farmers, and Elise takes the contestants to the tulip farm, and Lucas gives everybody a tulip, but because he's being a little shit to uh, Lee, he deliberately gives Lee a broken tulip, but turns out, haha, backfired, because in, <laughs> in, uh, in the Cathay Empire, a broken tulip, or sorry, a broken flower is a scene as a reminder that they, quote, live among broken people. In my country, when you give someone a broken flower, it reminds them that we live among broken people and must help them. So I am honored for the reminder. And then, this this is my favorite part, is that everybody (laughs) deliberately (laughs) snaps their tulips. To be like, yeah, we want to join in on this this metaphor. I don't know, but it's just really funny that everybody's just... so weird. <laughs> and, and Lucas is just looking around, horrified. I love it. Just oh shit, what? Yeah, I mean, Lucas is kind of a little shit. Yeah, but but well, more on that just to finish the thought. But um, but we see Prince Lee holds on to that broken tulip. And so he, yeah, in his scenes, like he's looking at this, and obviously you're making the connection that he sees, like this tulip comes to represent Lucas to him, and he wants to do him this favor, you know? Yeah. Like Lee's just a good dude. Yeah, I like him. I hope we get to see more of him again in the next film. Yeah, I honestly really wish that this film didn't have. The ending it did where you see it resolved and apparently Elise is now back with Lucas because I would have, I would have liked if like, 
I don't know, this carried on and maybe Elise gets more time to decide who she wants to be with. Because Lee is a nice dude and Lucas was a fucking asshole for a lot yeah, of Yeah, Lucas movie. was a little shit. Yeah. And it's so awkward because at first Lucas is kind of on Lee's side and he's actually like trying to give Elise advice that, you know, like, Lee is probably a nice guy and, like, she shouldn't be so angry at him and... He probably didn't mean to be a jerk to her, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as Elise starts to show interest in Lee, all yeah, of a as sudden... as soon as he's a romantic rival. Yeah. All wow. of a sudden now, he's got to f- try and deliberately fucking antagonize him, follow them around, and, like, use a pea shooter to prevent them from kissing. Yeah, it's... It, it, it's not great. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, it's You're very... not really, you don't really start rooting for him through his antics. No! And it's, it's so awkward because I feel like the movie wants you to sympathize with him, but I just fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, Elise yeah, has made no. her choice. Like, I don't know. respect her decision, maybe? Yeah, like, I think just, like, the idea of trying to win someone back is very difficult to convey because you're sort of like taking away elise's again her ability to choose and decide for herself yeah yeah here's rogers being like no you just gotta dance real good and you could win her back lucas yeah uh uh-huh really okay ah yeah that i don't know the whole the last scene is a little weird to me I don't know. Like, who cares about dancing? Maybe, maybe I'm just too. <laughs> <laughs> I might also just be the wrong person. To, Christy, to... have you not watched enough princess films to know that that the the fancy dance at the end is special? I get... I would think that if anyone would understand the significance of the romantic dance at the ball, <sighs> it would be you. I don't. But it's I don't know. It's comparing this to something like Beauty and the Beast. Like, <laughs> God. Just not the same. Maybe if it was Angela Lansbury singing while they danced. Maybe that was the key. <laughs> I I did like, like, the twist of, of Lee unintentionally. Because he doesn't know his sister is there. And he doesn't know that what he's yeah. doing solves her problem. Yeah, no, he's just doing it out of the kindness of his heart. Yeah, because he thinks that it's he's it's just he's just following his heart at this point, and like yeah. thinks he's doing what's right for for Elise, honestly. Yeah, and then by doing that, because he's a good dude, he also helps his sister. Yeah, hooray! So at least at least there's that, and it, it is seem it does seem like yeah. he is close to his sister, so it does seem like. I don't know. It does probably would give him some comfort. Yeah. What was your favorite of the of the songs? Oh god. <laughs> I I will say I well I liked Prince Lee's song. I feel like the other contestants put on a better show. Um like specifically yeah. Anya was doing a full fucking figure skating routine <laughs> and doing like these giant fucking flips in the air all while singing 
And and for her not to win, it was just like, what the? Come on. Like, that was, like, the most physically impressive act that they did. Sure, but, like, it was a singing competition. All the other stuff is just fluff. <laughs> I guess, but it was just, like, Lee comes out on stage, and he just he just kind of walks in, in place, and then he sings. And, again, it's very nice and pretty looking because they have... Like, like it's it's like a set where there's like it looks like cherry blossoms and there's like a mirrored surface that he's walking on. So it looks very again, this I don't know how this fucking works in a world where they're allegedly <laughs> doing this without magic. <laughs> but like it uh-huh. looks it looks very cool and it definitely works for his song because it's not like everybody else has a very high energy song. So the dancing works really well with it. But again, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just not as, as physically impressive. I would have given I would have given the win to one of the other contestants. <laughs> well, what about you? What was your favorite? I think it was... It was Prince Lee's in terms of music. Yeah. Uh, they're all fun, though. I really liked... Like, they were all f- a good time. And I was impressed... That they were sort of like, okay, so, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Yes. Part of this movie is that they have these five contestants from different parts of the world. And when I saw that, I was like, how's this going to play out? Because, like, the bar is low. Or the bar is... <laughs> is the bar's not, you know. Yeah, it's easy to disappoint. Um, I guess by the time this was done, it was like 2019, so they, you know, we weren't gonna get what I remember from my childhood in terms of representation. But like, and I am also coming to this from a perspective of a mid-30s white lady from Canada, so yeah. I can't tell you exactly if it's good at all. But, like, I did enjoy that it was sort of, like, they they utilized different music styles and, like, from, like, around the world and the sets and stuff show off that. I, they were all very fun. Yeah. It's, you know... The Swan Princess series, and honestly, in general, a lot of princess movies and fairy tale movies are very, like, white dominant. And yeah, it, it, it was it was nice to see. Like again, like I don't know, I I, I don't think we are the ones <laughs> to weigh in on whether or not like this was fair representation or if this was done correctly i think there was at least good intent for whatever that's worth but at the end of the day it was at least nice that the swan princess universe finally showed like some non-white characters yeah (laughs) yeah (sighs) it was it was good and and like you said, um, like it, it was nice to get some new music styles in because I feel like the series has been very, I don't know, like they try and do different things every so often, but it's, again, it's always like 
just different flavors of the same sort of North American styling of music. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was about to look at the cast for this, I'm like, please tell me this isn't just a bunch of white people trying to do Chinese accents. Mm-hmm. But it seems like everyone is actually played by people with their like actual true accents. Thank which God. is nice. Yeah, it's you I'm know kind of sad <laughs> that that's like a bar that you have to clear. But... <laughs> yeah, no, they yeah. you know. Yeah, good. Thank God. Good. <laughs> you you cleared that low bar swan princess thank god yeah it's been real fucking awkward <laughs> god <laughs> i i do uh. i do wonder what they're going to do in the future like it would be nice to see more of this um yeah you know i even, like, um, I, I think of stuff like Frozen and Frozen 2, the difference between those movies, where in Frozen 2, I think they, you know, started to recognize that even even in, like, the background, they started realizing that there's no reason why, like, we can't have some non-white people in here. Because, yeah. you know, even, like, Frozen 1 is just so heavy. And I don't know, I... You always have people that are like, well, this is based on Scandinavian culture and blah, blah, blah. It's it's also, there are also movies where people shoot ice out of their hands. And in the Swan Princess universe, it's it's a movie where a woman turned into a swan. Yeah, like, why why is having people of color less believable than um a woman who turns into a swan and yeah. talking animal friends yeah like come on god <laughs> this isn't realistic it wasn't meant to be <laughs> like i don't know you just you might be new here but god but yeah no it's it's Really neat. I'm glad that they are expanding the universe. Yeah. To include, you know, other people. Mm-hmm. Also, the, at one point, this is completely separate. Uh, mm-hmm. Scully makes a potion to try and turn um, Chen. Chen back into a man. Um, and it requires dragon blood. And to do that, Derek shoots one of his scales with an arrow to get blood from him but it just sort of grazes the scale the thing with scales is that they're they don't i don't think they have a blood supply generally (laughs) i'm i'm pretty sure on like scaled creatures uh you can't you can't break a scale and get blood i think they're they're made of keratin i mean to be fair maybe dragon scales are different that was that was a Maybe. whole I I that was a whole excursion that I don't know. I I feel like there was very little point to it. And so I'm kind of on the side of why have it in the movie. But yeah, they have they're just like trying out different ways to try and break Chen's spell and at first they try and recreate Derek and Odette's breaking of the spell from the first movie. But that doesn't work. 
And so then they're like, Scully, can you make us a potion? And yeah, they get all the ingredients and then... Wait. This just in. I am. I. I. Live corrections right on air. Oh. Some scales do have a blood supply. <gasps> oh my god, this movie is perfect. <laughs> Flawless. <sighs> well. Sorry, I had to. I had to clear that up. No, all good. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It just I. <laughs> It just, you know, Chen drinks the potion and then it doesn't work. And I kind of almost feel like, just again, why have that in the movie? I guess they're trying to show that they're trying all of the possible avenues that don't involve Meili having to give up her love. Yeah. I, I'm guessing that it was like, we need something for Derek and Odette to be doing during this movie. Mm-hmm. Because she's the swan princess, and she should probably be an active participant in at least part of the plot. <laughs> I guess. So. I was just thinking that, that it's, like, really, like, would it matter if they didn't have a major role in the <laughs> film? Well, Dan, wasn't the last one part of it? It was they were, like, people were asking for more Derek and Odette to be part of the plot. So they did yeah. that for like one movie and then they changed it back to, to Elise the next film. Yeah, I guess. And then they aged her up. Which, yeah, which that's, that's something. So I, I mentioned this earlier that th this is the thing that I don't know if this was a mistake or not for the series, aging up Elise and Lucas, because prior prior to the series, the Swan Princess movies always had the option to handle more mature plots. Uh, like, mature just being that, you know, Derek and Odette are adults. If you want to do an adult-oriented plot, you had these two characters you could do that with. And, like... yeah. And if you wanted a silly, goofy, teehee, we're, we're being spies with Lord Rogers, you had the two children. Yeah, exactly. And now that Elise and Lucas aren't kids, does that mean that the series is now, like, are they now stuck? Where now they can only do these more adult-oriented plots? And is that a bad thing? I don't think it's a bad thing, personally. I mean... <laughs> Maybe I'm biased because I enjoyed the this one more uh, in terms of, like, a, a f f plot line. Yeah. I, I guess it's more, it's, like, I agree. Like, I, I enjoyed the more mature tone that this movie had. But are the Swan Princess people going to maintain that tone? Or are they going to be tempted into, oh, I wish we could do <laughs> another silly little kid-oriented film? I I guess we'll have to find out in a couple months. So excited. I, I kind of was, I was thinking, are they, <laughs> I wonder if they're going to have to add like another child character into the series. Like, is this going to go on for oh, so no. long that they add a grandchild in? <laughs> like Derek oh, and Odette. Well, you know, they might. And Derek I and could, Odette, you know, probably won't will still look the same like they're not going to age them up at all oh yeah of it's course just, not it's just gonna look weird 
Yeah. Also, don't worry, Uberta is immortal. Yes. Yes, thank you. Uh, Uberta and Lord Rogers will never leave. No, and they will apparently never get together. I am very mad that the movie titled Swan Princess, A Royal Wedding is not going to be <laughs> their marriage. They do make out in this movie, though. That's true. Maybe it's on... Your, maybe... ship, your ship is getting back together. Maybe, maybe that'll be the subplot for the next oh movie. <laughs> I could only hope. I'm crossing. I'm hoping for you. Crossing my fingers for you. Oh, I'm so excited. I I am very curious though. Again, where does the series go from here? Because as far as I know, yeah. I don't think they've made any mention of an eleventh movie. The next one might be the last one, Christy. I don't want it to be. I we were having. Oh God, <laughs> who was it on Twitter? I need to look this up because some someone on Twitter mentioned uh, the Land Before Time series. Because yeah. that's up to 14, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh, oh, it was the uh, the Thought Bubbles podcast who tweeted this at me. So please go and check them out. Oh, yes. But um, yeah, they, they <laughs> talked about... Um, yeah, the Swan Princess has become the new land before time. And it's... I. It's definitely true, although, yeah, Land Before Time is still winning at this point. So we need at least five more movies. <laughs> and a TV series, to be fair. Little, oh, shit. Uh, Littlefoot right. got his own TV series, so. Shit, yeah. Not sure if we can, uh, if the Swan Princess will make it <sighs> to that height. Fuck, actually, I'm trying to remember, because there was some, uh, and again, in the Swan Princess newsletters that I rarely read, they talked about um, the Jean-Bob show, which is <laughs> fucking awful, just by the name alone. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. The Jean-Bob show is an upcoming show presenting Jean-Bob along with his animal friends, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if this is... Oh, I guess they've got episodes one and two, at least, on the Swan Princess YouTube channel. Ugh. Yikes. Are they... Oh, God. It's just, yeah, it's just like little shorts, I guess, just with Jean-Bob, the worst fucking character. <laughs> Why? Why? Now, now I'm checking out. Let's see what's on the Swan Princess YouTube channel. Oh, good. Oh, fuck. Why is there... Why do they like Jean-Bob so much? I'm looking at their YouTube channel, and they have all of these clips that are just showing off Jean-Bob's moments from the various fucking films. Why do, do people like Jean-Bob? Is there, like, a secret huge fan base for the fucking worst character? Why do people- why? <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it just us? Like, are we the only ones that Maybe fucking... it's just us. God. No. Pe people please sound- the children who are wrong. Yes, yes. 
please please sound off if you also fucking hate John Bob. <laughs> or if you love John Bob. You know what? I want to get in the in, into the the reasoning of why someone would love John Bob. If you mm-hmm. adore John Bob, no judgments. I want to know why. <laughs> I just want to know why. Yeah. Why what happened? Please explain. Oh god. I literally just at this moment I just got a Twitter notification from Butterfly Latte and we so we had kind of referenced uh Swan Princess 9 in the Swan Princess 8 episode and I I referenced the major change with uh Elise and Lucas. Uh so Butterfly Latte is responding to that and, and says as an aside Trying to keep this vague for the audience, but I think the subplot slash characters in the ninth movie deserve their own movie, like without Odette and Derek. Yeah, which yeah, I could I could oh, see yeah. that. I I absolutely honestly, thank you, Butterfly Latte. Yeah, because yeah, I I agree. Or that even um like I kind of had it in my notes that I I could almost see. Like yeah, I imagine you would still have to involve Derek and Odette. But it could be, like, a really fun adventure film where they have to, like, they tr- they're trying to collect the ingredients for the potion. Um, because, like, if you're going to do that scene, like, I don't know, why not expand it? Why not make it, like, this big, long quest? And the resolution can still be the same or something similar, um, like, with how they actually break the curse. But, yeah, I, I, those characters are compelling enough by themselves, you don't really need Derek and Odette sticking along and providing their commentary. Yeah, but I don't know yeah. if I don't know if they would be able to. I don't know, like I was gonna say, I don't know if they'd be able to sell a Swan Prince, like an offshoot of the Swan Swan Princess, Princess spinoffs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wonder. Honestly, I'm surprised that they were they've been able to sell ten fucking films, but. <laughs> God. Yeah. Trying to think of anything else that would that that I really want to say about this, and really, it's just you know. Yeah. This was a this was a decent little film that I enjoyed. The characters were fun. The music was decent. The plot was good. Yeah. I this was a nice little film. I wouldn't even call it, like, yeah. a bad movie. No, you know what? That's fair. Like, I think it still, for me, it still has kind of the stank of the Swan Princess universe on it. Oh, God, yeah. Like, it still does have that for sure. It's it's definitely but... their best entrant in a good yeah. few movies. Like, it's... It's not so bad, it's fun. It's actually just, like, a decent little film. Yeah. I guess we'll see. We'll see Swan Princess 10 if it's if it's returned to form for the series. <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't I want to see what ha- what happens with the royal wedding. Yeah, I am too. God, I I don't know what we're going to do about Steve cuz he's not going to have any of the fucking context to to understand as you saw. I don't think saw, Steve cares. I but I want I that <laughs> fucker. He he replied to my tweet, um, tweeting out Swan Princess Eight, and he just he asked what a bog was, and I was so oh. mad, like you little. Turd. 
Like how? <laughs> like watch the movie, Steve. Watch not, the. D- Steve will never watch the movies. I want him to though. Like, what can I do to trick him into watching the rest of the movies? Maybe we'll do them in reverse order. He always. This is like a weird thing. Steve has been trying to sell me on is watching um, the the Phantasm movies in reverse order, and. <laughs> Because they get why? because that way they get better as they go on. He says, but it's like, well, what? That that's like the worst fucking way to watch a series, Steve. <laughs> but maybe we maybe I could sell him on that for the Swan <laughs> Princess series if we watch them in reverse order. It, we'll have to see how Steve reacts to ten, and then go from there. See yeah. what happens. Okay. Okay, and we're going to have to schedule this early in the night so that maybe we could watch Swan Princess 10 and then sneak, <laughs> sneak in Swan Princess 9 right after before he has a chance to leave. Just Good. getting his getting his coat on, you're like, Steve, wait. Steve, Steve, no! The night is still Sit young! Sit down, Steve. I've locked the doors, Steve. I've bolted them. Oh, God, I'm so excited. But, yeah, I feel like I can't really think of much else to chat about this one. Yeah. Well, I guess... I'm excited for the the 10th and potentially final entry. I hope it makes my life complete. Everything is riding on this fucking movie. If it's... Not entertaining? <laughs> Holy shit. I, you will hear my scream from space. <laughs> we'll be sure to tweet out a warning just before we watch it so that if you hear a blood-curdling cry of despair... Yes. Yes, you You'll know, know where it's coming from. Oh, good. Well, enjoy. I think... Uh, after this, we are we are going to be trying to do a spooky-er movie for Halloween. We're still yeah. trying to decide what that is going to be. Thank you to the folks on Twitter who reached out with suggestions. I think yes. that was Butterfly Latte and... I am so sorry for the inability to pronounce your last name, but Ashley Laderanti? Lad- but thank you both so much for reaching out with uh, potential spooky spooky films. You're yeah. saving me from Princess Sydney. <laughs> yeah, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. I, I forget if we talked about this on the podcast, but Brie was very much like, listen, I legitimately don't think I can do Princess Sydney. So I... I it wouldn't be an episode. It would just be me being like, why did I watch this? Yeah, which to be fair... I wouldn't have anything funny or clever to say. It yeah. would just be me being like, why is this a thing? Yeah, which, yeah, to be fair, it is not very... It's not a very substantial film, but it's just... It's so unique in that it's one of the few fucking princess movies <laughs> that's about Halloween. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm hopefully... I need to wait on a movie that we've ordered based on uh i think it was ashley yes ashley recommended a movie to us so i've got that ordered and we'll have to see if it arrives in time for uh the halloween episode but if not then that's at least one that we could file away for next year maybe yeah 
And then, of course, we've got Nutcracker November coming up, Brie. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm excited. How, how many episodes? How many times do I have to? Um, um two, two. You one, just. Two. <laughs> Only two. Only two episodes this year. Only. Last yeah. year it was three. I had to do three. And this year it's only two. Thank yeah. God. And to be fair, um, you had to do three last year because I fucked up. And I thought that we had. <laughs> I don't know if anybody noticed that change in schedule. We usually do bi-weekly. <laughs> But I totally fucked up which which weeks we needed an episode for, and we only really needed two. But uh-huh. we recorded three, and I was like, "Hey, guess what? I guess I guess we're putting all three out this year." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look forward. I know better this year. Yes. Yeah. Now you're you're all you're looking at the calendar. Uh, but yeah. Look forward so to that. We'll see you for those. Yeah, and then it'll be in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so we've got. That's why we had to tackle this movie at the beginning of October, even though it's not really thematically appropriate. It's just I need to maintain Nutcracker <laughs> November just to <laughs> fuck with free. God damn it! Yeah, then we got Christmas movies Ugh. in December. Yeah, yeah, we've got it all planned yeah. out from here out to the end of the year. Please look forward to it. Yes. Please look forward to it. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, if All right. you want to send us suggestions or comments, you could feel free to email us at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to check out clips from this and other movies we have profiled, feel free to look us up on Twitter at badprincessmov. And if you would like to peruse the catalog of Bad Princess Movies, you could do that at badprincessmovies.com. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. It's over. Boy, howdy. Woo, it's over. Uh, Erud. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> We're ready to podcast God. so good. So good. Oh, yeah, this is a good way to end it with references that no one outside of our very specific demographic and age group will fucking know. (laughs) Hey. Hey, Hey, kids. Remember, in the early days of the internet, there was this little website called Homestar (laughs) Runners. Still good. Still going strong. They just can't use Flash anymore. Everybody. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, oh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Flash. That's maybe that kind of makes it spooky. Flash is dead. Ooh, Halloween. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, it's a spooky season. Remember Ooh. that that old program that a lot of people used to make cartoons and interactive internet things is gone. Ooh. Goodbye, everybody. I'm gonna. I, I'm turning off this recording. Bye. I had a, I, <laughs> bye. <laughs> we gotta end it. <laughs> bye. <laughs> oh God. God.